Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. There are many types of lurkers. The one that we're probably the most familiar with is those that lurk your social media, liking every post, and particularly paying attention to what you're wearing, what you're eating. But with this, I would worry more about the paranormal lurkers, those that can't be seen, those that can't be blocked, those that are always around. Because the shadow of spring invites the spirits of renewal, growth, and good fortune, but within that shadow, paranormal spirits will still lurk, prepped to shroud us, their prey, within the shadow of death. First, a paranormal twist on an Irish kissing legend. Next, we're caught in an inescapable gaze. After that, we revisit a Filipino legend. And finally, Don't forget that which is sacred. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week. As always, the first story you hear is one that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com slash snarled. Then I read a few more stories for the podcast. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. And if you'd like to support the show and receive bonus content, consider joining our Patreon. Our patrons play a huge role in keeping the show running every single week. For more information on how you can help the show and also be a part of it, visit patreon.com slash snarled. So, want to hear something scary? The Curse of the Blarney Stone. In Ireland, locals tale the tale of the lucky Blarney Stone. It's set within a castle wall that you can kiss for luck. But what happens if you disrupt a cherished tradition? On the first warm spring day after a long, brutal winter, Siobhan asked her friend Arryn if he would like to join her on her visit to the legendary Blarney Castle. On their drive to the castle, Siobhan couldn't contain her excitement to see the Blarney Stone in person. Remind me again what the stone does? Asked Arryn. Siobhan explained that the legend says that anyone who kisses the stone will receive the gift of gab, basically eternal charm. 
You'll be able to sweet talk your way out of anything. Aaron chuckled a little confused. Siobhan seemed really excited for what basically sounded like they were headed to some kind of tourist trap. Although, he thought, that would be an amazing thing to have if it was true. Siobhan went on to explain how the stone got its magical powers. The builder of the castle, Cormac Ladder McCarthy, needed help getting out of a sticky situation. So he called upon the goddess Cleona to help him. She told him to kiss the first large boulder that he saw. With her blessing, he did it and was able to charm his way out of any problem. After that, he set the stone into the power pit of Blarney Castle. Finally, they had reached their destination. They walked across a long, narrow rope bridge to access the giant castle. But instead of following the printed signs to the popular Blarney Stone, Siobhan ducked into a roped-off area and stealthily headed off in the opposite direction. Aaron, wary but very curious, followed her lead. Finally, in a different part of the castle, Siobhan stopped. In front of them, set within the castle parapet, was a very large and noticeably darker boulder jutting from the wall. There was an opening about two feet in front of it. It hung over the side of the castle from the roof, and the fall looked to be hundreds of feet. Standing there, both Aaron and Siobhan could feel a type of energy emanating off of the angular rock. Aaron's eyes widened with fear. How did you know about this? Eyes gleaming. Siobhan explained. During the winter, I did a lot of digging to find out where the real Blarney Stone was. The other stone is just for show, for Taurus. But the legend is real. Quick, grab my ankles, hold me steady. She lay down on her back with her head hanging over the opening. Aaron gripped tightly as she scooted her body forward until her upper body dangled above the ground far below. Angling her hands against the wall for support, grunting, she hefted herself forwards and upwards, finally brushing the stone with a kiss. Aaron hurriedly dragged her back in and on his hands and knees looked down. Down at the ground far, far below. Extreme panic set in. He'd never been this high before. His vision started to blacken along the edges, blurry and nauseous as he felt himself tipping forward toward the edge. Aaron, pay attention to me, Siobhan asserted and compelled Aaron. Immediately, he snapped out of it, angling to look at Siobhan with razor focus. You're all right, and he suddenly was. Back away from the edge, and he did. Aaron stood there amazed at Siobhan as she slowly grinned with self-satisfaction and turned to leave. Eyeing the boulder, Aaron made a sudden decision. If kissing the stone did that, taking part of it with us would be even better. Making sure Siobhan was not looking, he reached out, quickly yanking a looser piece from the stone, put it in his pocket, and jogged after her to catch up. As they both rushed along their way out of the castle, Siobhan far in the lead, objects started falling over randomly around Aaron. A painting, a tapestry. Then there was the crash of a suit of armor. As he ran, he heard a voice repeating louder and louder. Return the stone! Return the stone! At the castle entrance, Siobhan stopped, waiting for Auden. Stepping on the bridge, he grabbed her to urge her to run, trying to get off the grounds to outrun the voice now thundering between his ears. Several feet out, the bridge started to slowly unravel. Siobhan screamed as the bridge gave, loosening below them and snapping in two. Their screams echoed as they fell. Something yanked hard on his foot, and Aaron found himself hung upside down, leg hooked on a part of the bridge, dangling above a terrified Siobhan. She gripped part of the fallen bridge, legs dangling. 
The stone then tumbled out of Aaron's pocket, hitting Siobhan in the face, causing her to loosen her grip. Aaron grabbed her as she steadied herself back on the piece of wood. Stunned, Siobhan blinked. Was that a piece of the stone? Aaron nodded. You unleashed the curse of the Blarney Stone. It is never to be removed. Then the wood Siobhan was holding snapped. Wide-eyed, Aaron watched as she fell into the water below, being dragged by some force far, far below its surface. Aaron screamed out for her. His mourning would be brief, as a piece of wood that his foot was caught on snapped, and he plummeted down, head first, never to be seen again. As soon as his body disappeared into the water, the stone magically emerged out of the water and floated back up to the wall. No bodies were found. The bridge was repaired. An unfortunate accident, officials said. Savvy locals knew better, though. Twas the curse of the Blarney Stone, claiming more victims. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Each of us has felt it, that feeling when you're being watched. Imagine feeling that, but when you look up, nobody is there. In this story, inspired by Shanae, we read her letter about a gaze that she cannot escape. Have you ever felt like something or someone was watching you, staring at you no matter the time of day or where you are, burning holes into the back of your head with every step you take? Maybe it's paranoia, or maybe someone is really keeping track of your everyday life. Marquia, I really hope you'll read my story for the show. The gory and gruesome doesn't bother me. I know monsters aren't real. I enjoy listening to your podcasts, but normally watching horror films and shows really didn't get under my skin until it happened. It began happening soon after my 16th birthday. I constantly felt eyes on me. Walking home from school or the shop, I would be frozen by this feeling of being watched. The hairs on the back of my neck would stand up and I'd feel a flush of tension. I know what you're thinking. And yes, there would be older male onlookers on the street, which is bad enough all by itself. But along with that, and what would continue terrifying me, are the times I'd turn around and there was no one there. One time, I tried to ignore it, walking ahead with my keys between my fingers when a strange sound split the sky. I stopped in my tracks. It was somewhere between a bird call and an animal screeching. I live in the country here and have never heard anything like that before. I ended up running home. 
in the safety of my home. I was able to calm myself down and even watched a horror movie with my mom because monsters aren't real. That night though, that's the night when the nightmares began. Each night I'd get the same feeling. I would get outside, but each night it felt closer. Sharp pointing prickles of awareness traced my skin. And finally one night, I opened my eyes in the dream and there was a shadowy, rotten looking creature small and lean with eerie golden eyes hunched on my bed's headboard, staring. The sensation began to burn and I gasped awake, coming face to face with the same creature as if it had followed me out of my dream. Scratching me across the cheek, it skittered away as I scrambled, crying out of my bed, hugging the wall, calling for my mom. Flipping the light switch, my mom hugged me to her. The creature, if it had been real, was gone, and I was too embarrassed to admit that I thought I had seen something. Not me, the person that laughed during horror movies. Shakily, trying to laugh it off again, my mom thankfully saw through that. She asked me if I wanted to sleep in her bed, and sheepishly, I agreed. After mom fell asleep, I turned off the light and I started to doze off again, when, horrifyingly, my cheek around the scratch began to feel numb. The numbness quickly overtook my neck, then body. Then I heard a skittering in the corner of her room. Paralyzed, unable to turn my head, I looked out of the corner of my eye, and two glowing specks of light watched me. They hypnotized me. I felt my energy drain and my breath grow shallow as the creature stretched itself onto two legs and capered towards me. Sitting on my chest, it angled closer, hovering over me, dripping drool onto my neck. The numbing sensation began to burn, starting at my cheek and spreading through me like a poison under my skin. I began to whimper from the pain. The creature gleefully made the animalistic noise I had heard that first night. Waking up to it, my mom saw it. Screaming in shock, she backhanded it. Reaching under her pillow, she yanked out a flashlight, turning it on the creature. It cringed away and dissipated. Turn the light on, she yelled, shining her flashlight on me. Suddenly, she yelped in pain. In the darkness behind her, I saw the creature begin slashing into her back. I screamed, regaining control of my body and turned the bedside lamp on, illuminating us in the room. Mom, I huddled close to her. I'm okay. It's okay. I'm so sorry, baby, she said, kissing my forehead. I'd hoped this day wouldn't come. How long has it been watching you? she asked. Shocked, I stumbled while answering her. A f few days. It, it started after my 16th birthday. She completed my sentence for me. It started after my 16th birthday, too. It starts that way for most of us, all of us. Those prying eyes. You tell me when you feel them on you, okay? Tell your friends. She fell over me, her back bleeding and losing blood. Dialing for an ambulance, I covered her back with the blankets to stop the bleeding. They won't believe us, so you have to keep each other safe with the light. Don't be alone at night if you can help it. I write to share this message my mom shared with me and that her mom shared with her. She almost didn't make it, but we wanted to share our story to help keep you safe just in case and to let people know that yes, there are monsters out there and we believe you. 
thank you, Shanae, so much for sharing your letter with us. This sounds like a horrifying experience, and also it sounds incredibly relatable at the same time. I don't know if viewers out there have realized this, or maybe you've uh, realized this on social media, but there are certain things that people that are female identify go through once they reach a certain age. It is terrifying. It is something that can be a fact of life. And in a way, I feel like Shanae has tapped in on that with her story. So once again, thank you for sharing with us. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Folklore is a tradition we carry with us from our loved ones. In this story, inspired by Penelope, we see where folklore and the modern world combine. Nine-year-old Jasmine had just gotten back from a camping trip with her grandparents. They had warned her to pack her things tight, lest a duende sneak into her backpack. Chuckling, Jasmine smiled as she put a large, beautifully burnished acorn she had found on her dresser. Duende were mythical dwarf types in Filipino culture that were supposed to be extremely territorial of their things and would come after those that crossed them. Jasmine wasn't worried, but she should have been because things began to go missing in her home soon after. At first, Jasmine thought all the noises she heard at night were her sister Mahalia, and sometimes it was. Jasmine got used to seeing her sister in her scrubs making tea after one of her late hospital shifts. Turning around the corner tonight, though, she didn't see anyone in the kitchen. That was weird. Then there was a crash as the sugar jar seemed to leap off the counter. Jasmine yelped as her parents called from the bedroom asking what was going on. Nothing. It's just me, Jasmine called back, backing away from the spilled sugar bowl. No way was she going into that kitchen tonight. She'd clean it up in the morning. The next morning, she discovered a series of small prints in the spilled sugar. She laughed uneasily. Maybe it was a mouse? It couldn't be what her grandparents talked about. It couldn't be a duende. Nights went on, and some of Jasmine's things began going missing. Small but vital things like her toothbrush and socks. As time went on, more important things of Jasmine went missing. Her wallet, her favorite sweater, her phone. Whenever she went looking for one of her missing things in its place, she always found that same large, beautifully burnished acorn that she had taken from the forest. Jasmine broke down to her sister, tears streaming down her face, showing her the acorn. It's the duende. It's taking its revenge on me. I took its thing, and now it's my stuff that it's after. Her older sister always tried to take Jasmine's feelings into account and tried to always be serious with her. Well, she said patiently, if it is one and you upset it, you have to beg for its forgiveness. 
What is it Lolo like to say? Uh, you have to excuse yourself from bothering them? Tabi Tabi Po? Jasmine whined defensively, thinking the Duende's ire was unfair. Screw that. I didn't bother it. I didn't know this belonged to anyone. The acorn was just lying in the forest path. Shaking her head, her sister shrugged. Yeah, just like your phone was lying around in your bedroom. Okay, Jasmine, you know what you have to do. Just apologize. But Jasmine refused. She thought she could just trap it like a rat, and she'd use the acorn as bait. Studying how to trap rats online, she made and set a pretty impressive box trap. And snap, it worked. It was the principle of the matter, she thought, as she approached the box trap. It shook with whatever was inside of it. She was sure it was the duende. Now she could show her sister. Now she could show her family. And she was right. She had caught it, but she didn't count on was it exploding out of the box, claws extended and dragging her in. With quick snapping noises, it ate her up. The duende pulled the box off itself, wearing the face of the little girl. The acorn, now strung on a pendant around its neck, wearing her clothes, complete with matching socks, sweater, and holding the phone it had taken. It had all the things that belonged to Jasmine wrapped in a glamour of her features. Not even her sister, who stumbled in late, noticed a difference. Go to sleep, Jasmine, she said. Nodding, the Duende went into the parents' room and climbed into bed with them. It hugged Jasmine's mother tight, and she sleepily remarked, Oh, good. You found your phone. Don't lose it again. Snuggling close, the Duende promised her that it would never never lose any of its things ever again. Thank you, Penelope, for inspiring us with your story. And those that are long-term listeners, you probably remember that we have done stories about the Duende before. And since they exist in a lot of different regions in the world, it's a possibility we might have a story inspired by them in the future as well. Holidays can often be made into excuses to party hard. In this story, inspired by James, a rowdy, disrespectful bunch stumble into a sacred space. The river ran green underneath the Michigan Avenue Bridge in Chicago on St. Patty's Day, when Lyle and his friends started their day of revelry. The holiday was a blur of drinking and hootenanny. It was past 4 a.m. when they closed out their favorite pub, and they decided to walk to Julia and Ben's place among throngs of folks, jovially decked out in green. Lyle stuck close to Marty, hoping to impress her with his ability to think quick on his feet, but just stumbling onto a bus bench instead. They didn't expect the sudden rainfall that dampened their own private parade. Lyle pointed at the old Catholic church. Let's take shelter there, he said. It was empty. Walking in, Ben and Julia wandered off in search of a bathroom. They couldn't wait to get home. Julia, habitually attached to her phone, started snapping pics of herself and Ben, making lewd gestures on one of the saint's statues. They laughed loudly down the hollowed <laughs> halls of the church. Finally, Julia found the bathroom. After using it, she looked into the mirror to fix her face. 
She didn't get a chance to blink before a ghoul ripped her jaw from her face, ripping it up into a smile. Ben heard choking noises and went to go look for her. Babe, are you okay in there? Worried, he went in to check on her. He was more than ready to help with whatever she needed. When, turning the corner, he saw her throat exposed. He screamed, and the ghoul grabbed Ben by his throat, holding him up high, slamming him headfirst into a toilet. The toilet flushed from the force and bubbled over. Ben's brains and chunks of skull oozed out onto the ground. Did you hear that? Marty wondered. For a moment, she thought that she'd heard a scream. Standing close to the hallway, she looked for a reception to call a rideshare out of the storm. The prices were astronomical. They'd have to wait. Lyle wasn't too worried. Ben and Julia weren't back yet, off doing whatever it was that they would do in the dark recesses of the church. Walking back to the altar, he pulled the bottle of wine from its place. We now share the sacrament of blood into wine, or something, something like that, he snorted and poured wine into the ornate gold chalice while Marty stepped away further. She was trying to see if maybe the rideshare prices had changed. Her back to him, she didn't notice him gagging on the wine. He felt sick. He bent over the gold bowl of holy water and puked. His reflection looked back at him, wretched, bloody. And in that water, he saw another face, the face of the ghoul. Mar Marty, he tried to call out between heaves, but more and more blood poured forth out of his mouth. Passing the statues of saints and apostles, Marty noticed Ben's tall shadow carrying someone. Hey, Ben, did Julia pass out already? There wasn't a response. Now they stood still, like the statues around them. Then lightning struck, illuminating the stained glass in the hall, and Marty could then see. She screamed in horror at the grotesque sight of her friends, contorted into faceless frozen forms amongst the statues, exposed veins, shattered skulls, teeth littered on the floor. Lyle! Julia ran back to her friend, running down the aisle, running through a grisly river of blood pouring out of the holy water bowl where Lyle's mouth and eyes poured out blood, pouring from his insides, the chalice still gripped in his hand. He looked straight at her as he heaved, and as his insides came out, Marty turned to run out of the church and ran right into the ghoul. Falling to her knees, she cried out. It held her in place with his bony hands. Let me go, she shouted. The ghouls hollowed out eyes, empty abysses of darkness, and a hood breathed cold, chilling words into the air around her. They were blasphemous. When is the last time you visited a church, my child? Marty froze in terror. I, I don't remember. Please, let me go, she shouted. The ghoul gripped her face with its touch. Recite the Lord's Prayer word for word correctly. Then you will be blessed and you may go. Marty trembled. Uh, our Father who art, art in heaven, uh, hallowed, uh, hallowed, um, be thy name. 
thy, the, thy kingdom. I can't remember. Oh, God, I can't remember. The sharp bones on the ghoul's hands dug into her shoulders as she tried to continue. Come, as in heaven, as it's, as, as we forgive those. Another lightning strike hit the church, masking Marty's death cry. Her body rattled as the ghoul ripped her in two, delivering her to evil. This week's podcast stories were edited by James Carter II, Marquia McCarty, and Sabina Graves. Audio edited by Fitz Harris. Graphics by Johnny Ashley. Produced by Annalise Nelson. Music by Sapphire Sandalo. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.